From KLIN Radio and the Lincoln Independent Business Association, this is the Lincoln Business Beat, a weekly summary of news affecting area business and a review of interesting topics and issues. Along with Labor Policy and Research Coordinator Carter Thiel, I'm Mark Vail. Glad to have you with us. Lincoln Business Beat is made possible by the 1890 Initiative. Visit 1890nebraska.com where 100% of your donation goes directly to Husker student-athletes. Carter, we're uh, kicking off the new year, and for the this is the absolute earliest, according to the Constitution, that the unicameral could meet because the Constitution says they start on the first Wednesday after the first Monday, and just uh, three days in, and they were back in session. Yes, we are, and it's just really exciting to be a part of it. I haven't actually been to the Capitol since taking a field trip in high school, so I'm really coming in cold and the the uh, the entire experience is new, but they're getting after it. Um, first couple of days, we've had quite a few different bills introduced centering around addressing the housing shortage. Uh, Senator McKinney from Omaha, he introduced a couple of bills aimed at creating more affordable housing, low and middle income housing. And there was a host of different bills regarding child care, offering tax credits for child care, making child care more accessible, affordable. So good things to see. And I know there's 110 carryover bills from the last session. (laughs) Do we have any idea how many are going to be introduced now? Any indications yet? Um, Not yet. You're right about that, though. They left a lot on the table from the last session into this short 60-day session. So it's going to make it uh, fairly... Fairly fast and furious. They're going to have to get it, get after it. Put yeah, this thing in whoopee gear. We got, we got 110 carryover bills on general file. And then additionally, there was 14 that made it to select files. So all of these, in addition to the hundreds of bills that are going to be introduced over the next couple of weeks, um, it's, it's going to be a lot. Now, as they get underway, they've, they've got some things that they've got to take care of. They've got some elections. Uh, the Rules Committee uh, mm-hmm. starts in. So they're not really going to start the hearings and all that for, what, a week or so? Yeah. So here's what you can really expect for the first several weeks, or I should say at least how it's scheduled. Um, senators are going to be introducing bills until around January 17th. Uh, They have a host of rules debates that they're going to be beginning on January 10th. The speaker, John Arch, has stated that he wants it done by January 19th so that they can move on to all of the bills that we have to get through. But we never know if that's going to play out like that. So at that point, whenever the rules do conclude debate, uh, the, they'll they'll begin debating on the floor in the mornings over the bills, and then having committee hearings in the afternoons into the evenings. Hopefully, not too late, as I'm told was the case last year. But committee hearings will go until February 29th on the schedule, and then from that point on, there is all day floor debate starting on March 4th to the end of the session. And that's scheduled to end, I believe, on April 18th was the last day, I believe. That's yes. on the current calendar, but that is subject to change. It is, and we don't know because, yes, there was a couple. There's a lot of stuff to sort through, and we're hoping to avoid you know, any sort of contentious, but there was a couple of bills introduced that are 
may be going to cause that if they make it to the floor. So that remains to be seen. And we're a week or so away from uh, Governor Pillen uh, addressing the legislature with his state mm-hmm. of the state. That'll be coming up. That'll be interesting to uh, hear what he's got to say. Mm-hmm. I would agree. But Nebraska Public Media has a very robust website, and you can actually watch all of the uh, yes. floor debate, all of the action, mm-hmm. and they also stream all of the committee hearings. All of the committee hearings. So, yeah, I'll I'll actually try and include that in a policy update email tomorrow. So that's that's really helpful, just being able to see everything play out live when you have a chance. Mayor Larry and Gator Baird uh, had a news conference uh, this week and announced uh, an incentive program uh, that's going to be um, – also supported by LES. Yes, they're partnering with LES as part of the city's climate action plan and the affordable housing action plan. Lincoln is introducing a new incentive program for the purchase and installation of residential heat pumps. This is aiming at helping the residents save money and increasing heating and cooling efficiency. Homeowners can receive a $1,000 incentive from the city with eligible low-income residents receiving $3,000. These incentives can be combined with an $800 incentive from LES as part of their sustainable energy program and uh, for the installation of these heat pumps. The city has put uh, some fairly significant amount of dollars into this program in their budget. $500,000 for this incentive program. 40% of that is going towards the low and moderate income residents through the Urban Development Department. And then uh, the remaining 60% is going to be available through single-family homeowners. So... Now, one of the things we do want to mention that this is for air source heat pumps and not mm-hmm. for uh, yes. the, uh, the other types of heat pumps, such as ground source and things like that. This yeah. is only for the air source. Yep, sustainable energy. So the the incentive is available to homeowners and single-family rental owners within Lincoln City limits, and it covers the purchase and installation of air source heat pumps with a minimum seasonal energy efficiency rating of 15.2 and a minimum energy efficiency ratio of 12. I don't know what those are, but if you'd like to m- learn more about it, you can visit lincoln.ne.gov slash heat pump. I believe those are the efficiencies of both the heating unit and the cooling unit, which a heat pump actually does both. Got a busy calendar for LIBA going on uh, and begins this coming week on the 11th. Yeah, so Jan- January 11th, we have our BizNet networking event at Lee & Associates at 200 South 21st Street. That'll be from 4.30 to 6.30 in the afternoon, so come to that. Then the next day on Friday, January 12th, we will have our ribbon-cutting event for Vibrant Vibrant Healing Mom at 3510 Village Drive, Suite Number 2. I believe that's down the Williamsburg area. Yes, it is. And then uh, fast forward the next Tuesday, January 16th, we will have our Liba Luncheon from 1130 to 1 o'clock in the Jasmine Room at the Grand Manse, hosted by InSource Financial Advisors and featuring Senator Steve Erdman 
and Corby Gilbertson in an open forum on the epic tax proposal. And I believe we will have the one, the only, Mark Vale moderating that open forum. It's, we're going to give it a, a try. Now, the epic tax is uh, being uh, championed by the, the group, and they've got, mm-hmm. uh, they've got quite a following. But with all the tax talk at the legislature. The governor has not given a, a lot of support to the epic tax. He's going in a little different direction. It'll be an interesting uh, time to hear uh, St- Senator Erdman is a, a big proponent yes. of this. So yeah. it's it's going to be a, an interesting forum and of course also a chance for a lot of Q&A. Yes. So if you have questions about the epic tax, you want to learn more about it, please come. You can register on the LIBA website. There is a survey on there. So just click the link on there, and then you can join. And, of course, uh, a few more things uh, to round out the month of January. Yeah, Monday, January 21st, we're going to have our community access meeting from 1145 to 1 o'clock at the Calvert Venue, featuring our LTU director, Elizabeth Elliott, to discuss replacing Lincoln's lead water lines and the developments that we will have at that point regarding Lincoln on the move, whatever the next package might look like, that proposal when we get more details on it throughout this month, uh, whatever we have at that point, she'll be there to discuss that. And, and it's not a pun intended, but it, that it, Lincoln on the move is kind of a moving target as far as what this proposal might, might be. The quarter cent sales tax that funds that expires in 2025. Yes, and so they're getting uh, on the on the front end of this and deciding whether to propose what uh, extending it another period, maybe adjusting it, and, mm-hmm. and so that's what the Lincoln on the move. That's the big uh, street uh, program that yes. the city has. Yeah, and then uh, on the 23rd, coffee and contacts. Yeah, Coffee and Contacts on the 23rd. That's hosted by EOS Worldwide at 15665 Pioneers Boulevard. Be ready for the uh, graphic on that included in your weekly materials emailed out. We just uh, had them request to host it, so we'll get that out as soon as possible. With the legislature now in session and uh, the, the talk about one of the biggest things, and it's been proposed by uh, a big uh, bipartisan group, a uh, wide group, 40 members, I believe, that the governor put together along with Senator Luann Linehan. They've mm-hmm. been meeting since last July on property tax reductions or relief. And so on our deep dive, I think we're going to go a little more into the governor's proposal, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes, through that work with his working group. Governor Pillen has presented a preliminary proposal as to how to reduce property taxes, among other things, what he has in store for the 2024 legislative session. All right, we'll do that in our deep dive next. Husker fans, you've probably heard about NIL, name, image, and likeness, and now you can have an immediate effect on the success of the programs. The 1890 Initiative is Nebraska's premier NIL company, and with your help, we can maximize our student-athletes' opportunities with NIL and prepare them for life after college. Nebraska's always been a leader in college athletics. Let's do the same with NIL. To learn more, visit 1890nebraska.com, where 100% of your donation goes directly to Husker student-athletes. That's 1890nebraska.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. On this edition of the Lincoln Business Beat, uh, with the legislature back in session, uh, one of the top priorities for Governor Pillen and his administration, along with several members of the uh, Taxation Committee, and uh, the Revenue Committee, Budget Committees, they're going to look at various options for property tax relief. And Governor Pillen has has put forth probably the most comprehensive plan that we know about at this time. Let's uh, run through some of the details of what he's looking for. Yeah, so Governor Pillen's quote-unquote transformational proposal to reduce property taxes includes capping local government spending and funding more of their services through sales tax increases, okay? He wants to cut out of the $5 billion that Nebraskans pay in property taxes annually, he wants to shrink that to $3 billion. And so that's a 40% cut. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's a significant amount of money. That's a lot of money. And so a billion of the property tax burden will go to the state by potentially adding a cent or two to the state sales tax and taxing some goods and services that are currently exempt, okay? That doesn't include groceries, but I just looked this up yesterday when I when I saw this article, uh, all of the different things that are exempt, goods and services that are exempt currently, and I was really surprised that that many things were on there, so... Um, it's, it's something interesting. I'd advise anybody to go take a look at it yourself, but especially the services that are exempt. And this is one that's going to get a lot of pushback. I, yeah. I, I believe at least that's what we're hearing, uh, initially that uh, services being, uh, taxed is, I mean, they would be going from zero yes. to six or seven, maybe even seven and a half percent. And then on the flip side of that, not only is there a potential to increase the uh, the 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 base from which the sales tax is collected, it hasn't been talked about yet. But there might be something about expanding the uh, the contributors to the sales tax okay. that are currently exempt. So. Just something to be aware of. It'll, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out in the unicameral because there's going to be, uh, those hearings are going to be intense. And as you get into it, a reminder that that website that we told you about, just search uh, Nebraska Legislature, mm-hmm. you can get the hearing schedule. And then there's even a place on those individual hearing pages where you can submit online comments. Yes. That has to be done though before the hearing starts, the online stuff. So Yeah. And I, they and they will most of the time they will search for them, read them at the committee hearings. So it is worthwhile to let them know how you feel. 
Um, the hard caps you, you mentioned yeah. the the local taxing entities. Um, what what is all included in that? Is it just like the city? You can you can just say this is an overhaul to the pink postcard system. Oh, not so not for the school districts. That's they remain with that soft cap. Okay, but for cities, townships, counties. You're no more pink postcard. You have a hard cap in how much revenue you can collect each year. There, there will be some debate about that, of course, but that's just the oversight on that, what that looks like. Now, as I understand it, the cap is actually can be adjusted a little bit based on, on inflation you, or things yeah, like that. You get, you, you get your cap plus CPI, CIP, those sorts of things. Um, but for the most part, you know, what you're talking about is you don't get the option to go over your allowable growth rate because uh, your opinion or your analysis of your growth trends happens to be different than what is projected or projected with uh, whatever the whatever the legislation would look like. So now, does this take into consideration valuation changes as well, or what's all going to be looked at? when they, they're looking at these hard caps. Well, it's funny that you say that because a specific aim of his proposal is tapering down local governments who are able to automatically collect more in property taxes just because property valuations rise. Okay, and so I know that that is music to a lot of people's ears. <laughs> if I see that bill, I will let you guys know immediately. But Governor Pillen, he's also really adamant about this, is that it's not necessarily a valuation problem, but the problem is it's a spending problem. Um, and I, I, I really, I see the merit in his point there because what we're looking at now is since I got to Liba back in September, the conversation ar around the current environment was our property taxes are just way too high. And so now we're looking for ways to reduce the property taxes. And in turn, what are we going to do? We're having to increase the sales tax. And just for reference, it is a rule that I mention California taxes in some way, shape, or form when I'm on this show from now on. Just letting you know, Mark, if I'm ever forgetful, just bring me back there. But California has the highest state sales tax in the United States at 7.25%. Nebraska's is at 5.5%. So that's the state portion. That's just the state. It doesn't include local on top of that. But if... If you were to increase that by the suggested 2%, then Nebraska would become the state with the highest sales tax rate in the entire country. Okay, so, so what it really comes down to is, would you rather have higher property taxes and a lower sales tax, or would you rather have the higher sales tax and a lower property tax. And that is an extremely multifaceted, lengthy debate depending on a variety of different features. Um, it's, it's, it's worth everybody considering because business owners and the business community, 
they sit in this precarious situation in the middle of that debate because they own the building, they have their own business, so they pay property taxes, but their business is dependent on providing goods and services, which is influenced by sales tax. And for some businesses, an increase in sales tax isn't going to have that much of an effect. But for other businesses that are more tailored towards the discretionary income of middle and lower class Americans, then then you might see a, a great impact on that. And especially if you're talking about the, the, the materials, the manufacturing materials, expanding that sales tax base, then a lot of the things that the businesses themselves purchase to provide, to sell, that might, uh, that might go up quite a bit on the, on the cost. This would so, be especially uh, hard on large ticket items, appliances, uh, yeah. high-definition television, autos, things like that. <laughs> uh, on a $10,000 auto, which is pretty hard to find now, that'd be 200 bucks. More. Yeah, cars, um, uh, large farming equipment, for example. Um, there's, there's just so many different things that yeah. I, I really though, for, for all of our members, our business owners, I would love to get some feedback on how you would feel about this pr proposal, these potential changes, because when it comes up later on in the legislature, I want to know ahead of time how our community will be affected by this. So that course, would be very helpful. Just reach out to me in some way and let me know. And that's just carter at liba.org. Yep. Now, there, there are a couple of things that uh, when you get into this that we should point out that there's probably going to be a, quite a bit of difference in the discussion between rural and urban oh, interests. Yeah. I mean, a huge difference there and how especially the property taxes are affected. Absolutely, because generally... In theory, as a larger city like Lincoln, like Omaha, you would prefer to have lower property taxes and higher sales tax because you have a lot of commuters, you have a lot of visitors, you have a lot of tourists who come in, use the roads, and spend money, engage in consumerism. Okay. However, for the people who live here, even though at the end of the day, a good chunk of the budget is coming from non-residents, you don't really see the difference in that. You don't see the benefit in that because you're the one, every time you go to the gas station, every time you go to Target or Walmart, you know, you're making up the difference that you got with lower property taxes. So when Governor Pillen talks about reducing spending, that's really what it comes down to. Of course, in the in the uh, in the more rural parts of the state, where you have a lot of larger property owners who have a lot of land, farming and ranching, those sorts of things, um, they're keeping their eyes on this as well. And this isn't, you know, as you mentioned earlier, this is a different direction than the epic tax proposal. But I will say, as you go out into Western Nebraska. The signs for supporting Epic get a lot bigger because of that factor. The other uh, thing that we have to take into consideration is that now that we're into the 2024 calendar year, uh, last year's budget discussions in the unicameral, the, the education funding is actually going to kick in. And this is going to be the first time 
where we can actually see some of these state funds getting out to these school districts. And they're going to have to do some heavy-duty calculations and projections Mm -hmm. of spending going forward because this is a a new era. I mean, community colleges are now funded exclusively Mm -hmm. by the state, so those are just some of the Mm -hmm. things that – We'll be coming uh, afford, uh, coming around on this. Yeah, and that was a big, big deal last September with especially Southeast Community College and everything that went on with that. But in addition to the community colleges with the with the uh, the special education that a lot of the K through 12 school districts have been receiving now for a couple of years. Um, there, there's some, uh, proposed carryover bills actually that I took a look at that would be more stringent on the reporting requirements for the, uh, the finances, how those funds are distributed and, um, making sure that the state is holding the school districts accountable, um, with the money that the state is giving them. So. Might mention, uh, of course, as uh, the governor is going to be uh, doing his statewide radio uh, call-in show on Monday the 8th, you can hear it here on KLIN or on almost 40 stations across uh, Nebraska. Uh, That's 2 o'clock Central Time this coming Monday. And shortly after that, if you can't uh, take it live, you can also get it on our website and on the Nebraska Broadcasters Association website. And I'm sure there's going to be some calls on this one. I'm looking. Oh, for, right. I don't know if I'm looking forward to moderating that or not. It could get a little uh, dicey. I didn't know you were moderating it, so <laughs> you can have fun with that. But yeah, there's a there's a lot going on right now, and um, you know, keeping our discussion where it's at, though. By the way, when we when he does provide the uh, when he gives the state of the state address, I'll be sure to include that as well in the in the policy update. So if you're looking for uh, a recording of that, you can't see it live. It'll be in there. So be looking forward to that. I think that's a pretty good uh, rundown of uh, the the basics on the governor's proposal. Uh, anything else you want to add on that? Not on that. I would just say. I'm very excited, and everybody, please feel free to reach out to me with any suggestions, comments, and concerns about the legislation coming up. Um, we always want to remember to be member-oriented, and so always feel like you can reach out and share your concerns. So, One area that we discussed on a previous uh, podcast, you can go back and look at it, and I'm wondering if you've seen anything so far. I know it's coming up, and this had to do with valuation caps, I believe, on section housing, certain types of housing, yeah, the, the valuation so. that those went through the roof. I mean. <laughs> and uh, have you seen anything yet on, on that? I know there was pretty strong belief that there was going to be some relief, at least proposed. We're not there yet, um, but when I do find something, and it will be soon, we can talk about that too. I'm glad you brought that up because you you know I'm I'm interested in that that particular issue. Well, I, and I lo- always like to uh, remind people that we go some. Uh, that was a deep dive that we did, I think, a mm-hmm. few weeks ago, and you can go back on our podcast and and uh, see the in the description we talked about. Uh, was it Section 42? Yeah, section, section 42 housing. And that's that's uh, like assisted living. Uh, and yeah, low like income, that. any sort of rent restricted rental properties so, so. and they, they just got hammered on this valuation oh I mean, my goodness it, it, we're talking 
over 900 percent in some yeah. instances so. and and it's interesting because even though this is more of like a hyperbolic example in the debate between sales tax and property tax that's another factor right there nobody wanted to invest in section 42 housing properties because of that valuation spike so with higher property taxes that's that's uh, kind of a factor with trying to grow the city, trying to grow the state. It can sometimes impede that. So, all right. Well, it's uh, it's underway. Uh, you know, uh, Speaker Arch uh, encouraging uh, the senators to uh, talk with each other rather than talk about each other. That was in his opening comments. We'll have to wait and see how how well this goes. Uh, it was a really raucous, contentious session last year. We'll see if they uh, keep it a little more, um, how, what, how should I say? Uh, Amicable? Yeah. Okay, I'll go with that. So, uh, and, and let's just hope that there's no injuries or arrests. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. All right. Be sure to share and uh, rate our uh, podcast. Appreciate it. And let your friends and neighbors know. This has been the Lincoln Business Beat from the Lincoln Independent Business Association and KLIN Radio reviewing and updating business owners and community members about what's happening in the Lincoln business community in and around Lincoln. Along with legal policy and research coordinator Carter Thiel, I'm Mark Vale. Lincoln Business Beat is made possible by the 1890 Initiative. Visit 1890nebraska.com where 100% of your donation goes directly to Husker student-athletes. Mm-hmm.